Hello and welcome to this episode of the DCC Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Spees, the Director of Advancement here at DCC, and we want to thank you for joining us for the second episode of our series that we have titled, Serve Like the King. In addition to this new series, you're going to notice that we have made a change in our format for this year, and we are releasing episodes twice a month now instead of on a weekly basis. You're still going to be able to access our podcast on all the popular platforms, and we will continue to provide quality content focused on current topics and events that are influencing our society, the world of education, and the local church. We are pleased to welcome the head of DCC's Practical Ministries Department, once again, Dr. Eddie Sanders, to discuss this topic with the voice of the DCC Leadership Podcast, Mr. Mark Worley. So welcome, Dr. Sanders. Thanks. And welcome, Mr. Worley. Well, thanks, Scott. Appreciate that. Uh, Eddie, uh, Dr. Sanders, I've already heard uh, from several that they really appreciated your uh, last podcast and uh, the, the view of leadership. Awesome. And so... I look forward to your continuing in this series. So, uh, man, share away. It's awesome. Yeah, thanks, Mark. So last episode, we started a few chapters into 1 Samuel to see who was on the throne. We have to remember who is on the throne, and sometimes God gives us over to our requests when we want things our way. I think we've all walked down that road a time or ten, right? You remember I'm talking about Israel asking for a king and God giving them what they wanted. A human king rather than God as king. Now, God is the main character of the Bible, and in that story, during the last episode, we were introduced to Samuel. Now, we're familiar with the name, but I am often somewhat fuzzy on the details of his story and his life. So we're going to jump into his story, Samuel's story. Here again, we will learn about servanthood and how God works. Remember, God is the main character. We're serving like the king, capital K, king. He is going to work in a desperate situation here. And I think we can all think of times in our lives when we've faced a desperate situation. Oh, absolutely. I, I You know, as soon as you just said that, I, I could think of, uh, man, most recently my wife dealing with cancer, uh, two kinds of cancer. Uh, my daughter uh, was born prematurely. I mean, just huge crises um, in my life and uh, the struggle of those. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for sharing. Well, this is common in life for everybody and certainly in Scripture. In a similar desperate situation, we find Hannah. Who is Hannah? Well, let's read and find out. This is 1 Samuel chapter 1, beginning there. There was a certain man of Ephraim whose name was Elkanah, and he had two wives. The name of one of the wives was Hannah, and the other Peninnah. And Peninnah had no children, but Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children. Sorry <laughs> about that. Go. There yeah. you go. Man, I was yeah. about to jump in on the on the doctor, the Old Testament guy. I was about to jump. No, to... you look at some of these names and it's like, all right, I want to get this right. <laughs> so you got it right. Yeah, there we go. So one wife had children, the other did not. Now we could stop here on the polygamy issue, and that's a discussion for another episode. But the writer sets us up to see a desperate situation, not necessarily this historical situation we have questions about. Do you see what the desperate situation is? Hannah had no children. 
What's very striking in this story is that we see something interesting. We see that the camera zooms in on a woman. That's very striking. And she's a disenfranchised woman. She is a woman with a serious struggle and problem. She is in a desperate situation. In this world, in the ancient world, children, especially sons, were life. They were the future. They would provide and take care of the family. They brought an income, would marry, continue the line. Childlessness during that time is equivalent to living in poverty and others assuming that God is against you too. It's a desperate situation. It's rough. And even a day can still be rough if a couple desires children and, and that is not met. That, that is very difficult. Hannah is struggling. But guess what, Mark? It gets worse. <laughs> you thought I was going to say better. It gets worse. Hannah's rival used to provoke her grievously to irritate her because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb. So it went on year by year. As often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. Therefore, Hannah wept and would not eat. You see how bad this is? She goes to church and gets harassed. I don't know about the welcoming crew at your church, but this one's pretty rough. (laughs) She goes there, and they just assume she's got the curse of God on her. She comes home and is reminded every day she does not have children, and yet she hears kids running around the house. This is tough. Desperate, hurting, lonely, bullied. Uh, The list could go on. So she's desperate. She's so desperate, she's to the point she's not eating. Can you feel the intensity here? I think most of us can relate. And to make matters worse, she's trying to be faithful by going to church. And at church, she gets bullied. There's a quick lesson there, like, don't give up on church. Well, yeah, and it's, you know, uh, Eddie, it's even even the questions that are asked. Uh, Have you gotten pregnant yet? I'm praying for you. I mean, sometimes that could be just a dagger in the heart, just that question. Well, let's, let's see where Hannah's at now, okay? The, the story continues, and you think it's going to get better, right? Sorry, Mark, wrong again. Here's the text. Hannah was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. As she continued praying before the Lord, Eli, the priest, observed her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart, only her lips moved and her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli took her to be a drunken woman, and Eli said to her, How long will you go on being drunk? Put your wine away from you. (laughs) This is absolutely hilarious. It's humor. It's humor. So how bad is this for Hannah? She goes to church, prays in desperation, cries out to God, and is brought before the preacher and told, stop coming to church drunk. This is terrible. The priest and the preacher of the time doesn't even realize a real prayer when he saw one. Mm. A side issue here is the writer is telling us how bad things were for God's people in this time. So to save face, the Eli, Eli the priest says, uh, 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 we're okay, Uh, go in peace and the God of Israel grant your petition that you have made to him. To summarize, Hannah's bullied, she has no children, the biggest longing of her life is unmet, she seeks help at church and she's falsely accused. And she's sincerely crying out, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. overwhelming. Uh, man, you know, we, we talked about the crises in my life. Uh, it, it's almost, you know, you feel that same angst. You really hurt for Hannah, 
really do. Let's look at our day for a moment. How is this story mine? How is this story yours? How is this story ours? I think that if you find yourself in desperate situations, if you find yourself as a leader, a follower of Jesus, or just someone trying to make it day by day, a desperate situation is always lurking around the corner. You may be in one. We all face this. And this is where we start to see God. This is where we start to see the king involved and serving and truly leading. God seems to love desperate situations. It's like he looks for them. He always tends to be hanging around them. And as we've heard quoted from lots of people, God is seldom early, but never late. So as a Christian leader, to serve like the king, are there any desperate situations you're avoiding or finding yourself stuck in? Mark, let me be honest with you. I, I avoid pain. I, I try to get away from it. I try to get out of desperate situa- situations quickly. And most of mine don't go on for years and years like Hannah's did. And I would guess most of us are like that, right? But if I'm honest with you, this story in Samuel tells me that in the midst of despair, God is really, really not too far away. Now, I don't know why it takes so long, but in this story, he's doing something astounding. Check this out. In due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Samuel, for she said, I have asked for him from the Lord. Take a breath. The intense conflict is peaked, and here we are looking at a desperate situation turn amazing. It, it really is. Um, you, you know, I, I, uh, Eddie, I rarely tell people this, but you know, I wound up spending a night in the hospital because of stress with my daughter. And just uh, crashed and burned in a hospital, and now I'm thinking, okay, there's a lot more money involved. And it was interesting. I, I, I re- God spoke to me really through His Word. I read uh, the scripture that says, you know, the 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 soil and the seeds, and the seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns represented the cares and worries of this life, and it choked it out. And I just remember uh, spending a, that night in the hospital and thinking, man, these these worries, these cares are so overwhelming. They're choking me out. Mm. And, uh, you know, I was embarrassed that, a, that, you know, a spiritual leader winds up in a hospital. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, okay, I've got to change this pattern. I've got to change the desperation and give it to God. And that's what I see in this story. Yes. Yes. And relating to the story in this desperate situation, back to the quote from episode one. The Old Testament does not lay before us a challenge to be leaders. It is disillusioned about leadership. So God's good with right where he had you in the hospital. Oh, man. It's it's about time, Mark. (laughs) Where you been? Yeah. However, it does. The Old Testament does lay before us such a vision of servanthood. Don't we see this in play here? Eli, the leader, well, not a great guy, and it's going to get worse for him. Uh, He's not a good leader. There's nothing really to learn from him on the positive side. Hannah, on the other hand, 
She just tries to hang on to her faith and keep praying. How do you serve like the king? Well, here we see the king, God, step into a desperate situation and heal and help. Isn't this what we try to do as the church? And a child is born when God steps in. That, that's a theme in Scripture, right? Yeah, there you go. But let's just stay in Samuel, okay? We just, chi- we just finished yes. Christmas, yeah. Yes. A child is born. Watch what Hannah does. Hannah said, For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition that I made to him. Therefore, I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is lent to the Lord. And he, Samuel, worshiped the Lord there. She gives Eli, Samuel, her son, to be a priest. And this was extremely risky because Eli was a pretty pathetic guy, right? Here's a portion of her prayer. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and he exalts. He raises up the poor from the dust He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor. What's this prayer all about? And it goes on. It's longer than that. That's just a portion of it at the heart of it. Well, the prayer is not about how great her child is. It's not a birthday or wedding speech. It's a prayer about how great God is and how he helped her in her most desperate situation. And here's a twist, Mark. You ready? I'm ready. In one of Israel's darkest, worst, and most desperate situations, Hannah gives her firstborn son to Israel's desperate situation. God's working in the individual desperate situation. He's also working in the national desperate situation. You remember the last line of Judges, right? Our story is set right in that time. And and say it with me. Everyone did what was was right in in his own own eyes. eyes. What happens when we find ourselves in desperate situations? God may respond through us in unbelievable ways. Who does Samuel go on to be? Not a king, but a prophet, one who speaks God's word. And this is key. If Samuel just becomes the next king or the first king or the greatest king, as we're expecting in this story, that's great, that's fine. But we don't get that. Instead, we get the prophet who represents God. The unexpected way is a servant who speaks God's word to broken politics, desperate families, immoral living, and the rest of the broken is found everywhere. That's what they get, someone who speaks truth and hope into that. If you've made it this far, are you in a desperate situation, avoiding one, aware of one you should engage? You just never know what God might do when you make the call, reach out, volunteer, embrace, etc. When you walk into the desperate situation. For Hannah's situation, he established the prophethood. Now, that's maybe a new word, but that's not the priesthood or the kingship, but that's the prophets that show up and hold Israel accountable. And as you know, the trifecta in Israel's human leadership was the kingship, lowercase k, by the way. So kingship, priesthood, and now prophethood. The prophet will speak the politics of God. 
The prophet will make the king aware of God's word. If you're going to have human kingship, you've got to have a word from the Lord. Mark, how can we apply this to our lives to serve like the king? Man, so many ways, so many ways. Just such a powerful story of uh, what 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 is it that will that will wind up doing is proclaiming the word of God, and it's the word that changes lives. Mm. It's the word that does that. You know, I recently spoke in chapel in Hebrews 4.12. The word of God is life and energy. And that's, that's really, uh, it speaks the word. I, I mean, I think of the end of uh, the book of Acts. And Paul is in Caesarea by the sea. He's in prison there. And he's speaking to royalty, to the kings, the leaders. And what does he do? You know, he shares the word. He could address all the political ills, but he says, no, no, listen, the answer is logos, the word of God. And man, I, I, we see that leadership in Samuel, but we also see that leadership in times of desperation in the first century church and the first century world where, I mean, racism abounds uh, abortion, homosexual, all of those things, all of the political ills. And what does he do? Does he, does he preach about that? No, he preaches about how God changes lives. Mm-hmm. He preaches the word and the word is the answer. Um, man, I, I just think we see that leadership throughout history. And so what do we do as leaders, as prophets, as preachers? We don't preach against the ills of our society. We lift up Jesus. And if he's, if he's lifted up, he'll draw them into himself. And I think sometimes we forget that kind of leadership. And so our, our leadership becomes worldly and leads to anger and bitterness instead of leading them to the Prince of Peace. Excellent. I think that's a great message for the beginning of a new year and especially this year, 2022. I think that uh, uh, I, I know many of our listeners are probably finding themselves just with the world situation we're in, in the midst of despair. And I love what you said there, Dr. Sanders, that God is never too far away. So we hope this message and this episode has been an encouragement to you. Uh, in the coming weeks, we're going to hear from Dr. Mark Halen, Dr. Harley Eim, Dr. David White, members of our faculty and staff as we continue to make our way through 1 Samuel. So we encourage you to check that out, share this on all your platforms and with those who you think would benefit from this message. But again, we thank you for joining us here for the Dallas Christian College Leadership Podcast. We believe that now, more than ever, is the time for Dallas Christian College. If you want to learn more about our NOW campaign, you can go to www.dallaspartners.org. But we pray that you're staying safe, that you're healthy, that you are blessed in this new year. Take care, have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon.